Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What do you got for me? What's wrong with you people? I got nothing for you. What's wrong What's going on, everyone, and welcome to The Reformatory, the podcast for the local church and by the local church, and we are your local churchmen. My name is Josh, and I'm here with Captain Jack. Always, always flannel Jack. Look at days. you, man. You're looking good, man. You got your Wildcats <laughs> cap on. You're sporting yeah. the flannel. You are PNW uh, personified. Got the like alumni it. going. Yeah. Yep. Got you look good, man. So. You look good. How are you doing, buddy? It's good to see you. Dude, this week is <laughs> I've I've Marco Josh about my oh yeah craziness in yeah. recruiting. I have people somehow there's a there's a town called Fife in Washington State that's not too far from us. That's actually mm-hmm. where one of our good cigar lounges that we go and hang out mm-hmm. is at. Mm-hmm. But there are people <laughs> contacting me from Fife, Scotland saying <laughs> Aren't there aren't there truck driver positions? And I'm like, no, there is not. And it's like Fife, Washington. Yeah, this is not Scotland. All right, (laughs) I drive a mean truck, laddie. Not doing this. Um, Anyway, that's awesome. It has been nuts with that, but yeah, it's been fun. So good. Had a good good, uh, six a.m. Bible study this morning on Hebrews chapter nine. Legit, dude. That's always fun to do on Wednesday mornings with some. Uh, there's at least half the deacons that go to that Bible study, surprisingly. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> so, Dude, yeah. what is with men's what is with men's Bible studies and like un ungodly hours in the morning? Uh, it's because it's, 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 it's a thing at every church. And and, yeah. and if your church is the kind of church that has a men's breakfast, you know that breakfast is no earlier than 6 a.m. Well, I will. Or excuse I will me. Refi- later, I will, later. I will no, refute later that a little a. bit because our men's breakfast, our monthly men's breakfast, just kicked off last Saturday, and that started at eight. Yeah. So that was very generous. But six a.m. is because everybody we we try to get in six a.m. because everybody's going to work, and we could try and get that time once a week to really dig in deep into yeah, the sure, text sure. of Hebrews. And so I get you. I get you. But yeah, that's been fun too. So, yeah, fun times. That's good stuff. So, 
Jack, yes, you know sir. what? You know what else is fun times? You know what? You know what else is cool <laughs> is reviews for the reformatory. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know that. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm uh, we've got we've got a couple uh, we got a couple new reviews that I got to I got to make their names hallowed. Oh, hallowed, sir. Hallowed. hallowed through the halls of this podcast. First one is from uh Brad Brad Hoganson. Okay. Uh, and he his his he titles this even Lutherans like you guys or at least this one does. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Talking about baby. This is what Brad says. Brad says, "Thanks for the great podcast, gentlemen. I appreciate your love for the local <laughs> church. I'm not pastoring now, but so often uh, I listen to your show and I find myself stopping to pray for my elders and pastors. Thanks, guys, mm. and keep it up, dude. If if this podcast accomplishes anything, uh-huh. if it just accomplishes that you you you." You pray for your local church and the people in it, man. We yep. have done our job. Yes, We've sir. done our job. Jack, I got one more. This one is simply titled Great Podcast. I like okay. it. Short and sweet yeah. by local church member. <laughs> I love this. That's, that's that's pretty meta right there. That's solid. <laughs> that is solid yeah. stuff, dude. The name don't matter. Yeah. It don't matter who it does it it, it doesn't matter who I am. What matters <laughs> is I'm a local church member. Yeah. This Seriously. person gets where it's at. This is what they say. They say, as a stay-at-home mom, I find theological podcasts hard to follow while I juggle the day-to-day things. You know what, local church member? Me too. It's because most of them are boring. <laughs> most of them are boring as all get out. <laughs> Looking at you, some other podcast. <laughs> some other podcast, which shall remain nameless. Right? But she says, although I have found the reformatory extremely informative, but easy to listen to. I would definitely recommend it to anyone to listen to. Local church member, thank you so much for the five star mm. review. Yes. We really appreciate that. Very appreciative. Jack, I, I I do like to think, Jack, <clears throat> that among the reform podcasts out there that are out there, and we know there are many of them. Oh yes. More more joining the ranks every day. <laughs> more more coming to the front lines every day. I do like to think that we are among the more listenable of those podcasts. I think we have better voices in radio than in real life, maybe. I don't know. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. We, dude, that's all in the editing. <laughs> yeah, that is all in the editing, too, You meet us so. in real life, and you're like, these guys talk for us on my living? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Usually, it's just Josh and I staring at each other, smoking cigars. And yeah. Saying, yep. It's yep. kind of like King of the Hill, yep. but cigars. Yep. <laughs> It's so true. It's so true. Uh, Well, uh, local church member and Brad Hoganson, we thank you guys for your name, for your reviews, your five-star reviews. And our oath to you has been fulfilled. Your names have been hallowed. They've been hallowed, sir. Hallowed through the halls of this podcast. Jack, before we get on to our topic today, would you please give us this week's Reformatory Cigar Review? This week's cigar review is pretty interesting. It is from a newer brand called 1502, and it is their anniversario. I went into the Thunderbird, for those of you uh, who are accustomed to Tacoma and our cigar cigar lounges and our places to get cigars. I went Mm -hmm. to Thunderbird, talked with Bryce. We basically, me and a buddy of mine, just hung out and talked... Uh, basically about veteran stuff for at least an hour and a half in the mm. shop while I smoke this thing. And man, okay, before I go on about reviews and stuff like that, um, it is Nicaraguan. No, I mean, shocker, not really a shocker. We do like our Nicaraguans here it is on true. this podcast. 
Uh, it is made by AJ Fernandez. The factory that makes it is AJ Fernandez. The wrapper is Ecuadorian Habano. Mm. The binder is Mexican San Andreas. These are like staples. Like this is yeah. like hitting on all the stuff. It is. And then the filler is Nicaraguan. Um, this is the Anniversario 10 that I smoked, which nice. is starting to get really mid 90s ratings a lot. And you do you know we love the 90s here on this yeah. podcast. I, it got a 91 from Half Wheel. Very Ooh, shocking. It got that's actually that's actually high because Half Wheel's snobby. Yeah. 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 So it comes. It's this particular anniversary is in a um, Toro Vitola sizing. I would say it's around twelve to fourteen dollars. So it's a little bit on the up and up. But I think there's a couple other cigars that are about ten ish. Uh, I'm gonna review some more cigars uh, as well. In which they're more small batch, but they're like in the nines and eights. I don't mm. know if those are sold everywhere in brick and mortars, but I'll see what's going on. But anyways, this uh, is, I would say, gosh, so it's like really, it has a certain pepperiness to it, but in every third, there's going to be a distinct flavoring that goes on. So... I mean, I would say hmm, it's more earthy. So if you're not, if you don't like sweeter stuff, it's probably not going to be your go-to. But you do get a lot of coffee, a lot of chocolate, dark chocolate notes, a lot of like lumber-ish nuttiness flavorings as well too. Um, it smoked fantastically great. I've always been a snob when it comes to just improving my my light and my burn around the cigar and i did maybe a couple times for this cigar but overall great construction Mm -hmm. um there's a really good cigar so if you want to buy this like i would highly recommend if you're gonna buy a cigar that you want to spend a little bit more money on that you know the flavor is going to be there i would definitely back this up this is one of those cigars so Anyway, is the 1502 Anniversario 10. There we go. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you have heard it here, possibly, for the first time. That is the Reformatory Cigar of the Week. Go and smoke to the glory of God. All right, Jack. We are here today to continue... Our Back to the Basics series, which I am thoroughly enjoying. I know I say that every week, um, (laughs) but I am enjoying it. We talked last week about the Office of Elder Pastor and uh, the role of them. Oh, man, you got the Nine Nine Marks Marks book. book Look at that. Church Elders. I don't have so- Great book. The the other, so what we talk about today is going to be the kind of Robin- to this book so to say that's right this is kind of batman uh the deacons one is kind of robin but it is yeah. a deacons nine marks book that's written by matt smehurst uh i would go check it out for yeah. just resources if you want to look at stuff so right off the bat awesome plug so yes without bearing the lead we are talking about deacons today we're talking about the mm-hmm. office of deacon uh which is something that you actually have more experience in than i do i have never mm-hmm. held the office of deacon uh you have mm-hmm. uh i know that I love deacons. I love my deacons. I think the deacons are the backbone of the church. Um, and without the deacons, man, the ship don't sail. 
Um, but I want to throw it over to you first, Jack, as as, as our resident uh, former deacon, as our our, our resident deacon deacon um, emeritus. Deacon emeritus. That's pretty good. I like that. I want to know from you, Jack. Uh, talk to us about the office of deacon. Tell us why it's important. Tell us the the function of the deacon. Tell mm-hmm. us why the deacon is important. Um, I'm looking to you to kind of sh- kind of. Uh, uh, steer the ship on this one. Sure. My yeah. So I would say if you are going to categorize uh, deacons and elders, the biggest distinction between deacons and elders really in the qualifications we find in those first Timothy, second Timothy, Titus epistles mm-hmm. is really teaching. What distinguishes elders is they can teach. What distinguishes mm-hmm. deacons more along the lines is their ability to really come together and solve a problem. You see in this you see this in the book of Acts a lot of times, right? Yeah. People yeah. don't get the daily distribution of the bread. The mm-hmm. deacons come together and figure it out. Yeah. The yeah. apostles yeah. charge them. <laughs> they commission Stephen. Yes. Right? Right. The commission Ste- Stephen of, as as the first deacon. One of the first martyrs and some of the first martyrs in the church were deacons. Well, hundred percent, and you know, you you are you are hundred percent right in that the 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 ability to teach is not a requirement for deacons. But that is mm-hmm. not to say that deacons cannot or should not, in some context, teach. Because you oh, yeah. look at that sermon that Stephen Stephen the deacon yeah. preached. Holy smokes, dude! That puts most most pastor sermons today to shame. In fact, I'd yeah. say probably all because it came from yeah. Stephen. <laughs> I would say deacons are very studious in this way because, oh, like yeah. I said, I hang out with almost half the deacons in our church at this Bible study that I go to on Wednesday morning at six a.m. Six a.m. And one of our deacons, who's actually in my community group, uh, puts on a great way of looking at the original languages digging deep into our understanding of the text, really taking the time. So Mm -hmm. I think that's a characteristic of a lot of deacons, you could say. They put in the time, they're characterized by being very detail-oriented to Mm -hmm. different, um, you know, attentions to detail, whatnot. Basically, this is funny, I would categorize, if I'm going to categorize deacons and elders in a very militaristic way, the elders are the officers, shockingly, uh, because I was an officer, and I'm not most. I have never held the office of elder, but the deacons are your soldiers, your NCOs. They're gonna get yeah. your vision. They're gonna do. They're gonna put in the work. The they're boots the on the ground. Horses, they're gonna get it done. So, and, could you? Would it be fair to say this, Jack? Mm-hmm. In the context of the local church, when, when when we're talking about elders and deacons, would it be fair to say that the elders are responsible for the spiritual care and leadership of the church, whereas the deacons are primarily responsible for the physical needs and the application of the of the elders' direction within the local church? That's a good characterization. I don't think that the that the deacons are the butlers of the church. I think that's a. I think mm, some people that characterize. Yeah, I think some people characterize deacons as the as the butlers of the church, meaning that whatever thing that I need, I'll just go to the deacons and they'll give it to me. Oh yeah, um, yeah sure, sure. Like we're not here to just wait on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we're here to do. Like we're here to get stuff done and to to put in the work and to make sure things are organized. People are in the right places. Shoot. 
I was making coffee. I'm not even a deacon anymore, but I'm making coffee on Sunday mornings. Yeah. People like that, deacons oversee sometimes those people that are putting their actual gifts into practice in the church. Mm. I think that's more what deacons are doing. And I yeah. think that, like you said, Josh, uh, elders or pastors are more along the lines shepherding those people uh, in that as well, too. And so yeah, it's just really kind of getting that and putting into place kind of more orthopractic and orthopraxy things mm. versus kind of the elders are kind of order or uh, over the ortho orthodoxy of, of things in the church. So, so you look at both roles, right? Mm. Of the elder and the deacon, both are invaluable to the local church. Yeah. Because if you have just elders that are there to, to, to lead, right, and to set the direction, but they don't have the faithful service of qualified uh, deacons under under them to, to, to help put that out, right? And yeah. like you're saying, to help care for the church, care for the physical needs of the church, care for the physical, the physical needs of the congregants, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to have elders that are just basically burnt out from having to do both, which is what you saw yeah. in Acts. Yeah. Right. Which is why the elders were like, you know what? We need some people who are really good at this stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Because we can't do both. And the office of deacon was created. Right. Mm -hmm. And what you see, I think, in a lot of churches today, especially I would say churches perhaps in some older denominations, is you see a blending of the roles. Right. Yeah. And that's yeah, that's where things start to get a little a little a little wonky. Mm-hmm. Is in a lot of denominations, as you know, as as I've seen growing up, um, maybe you didn't have pastors, maybe you didn't have elders, but you had a bunch of deacons, mm-hmm. and essentially the deacons ran the church. Yeah, and they were in the office without the title and without sometimes without the qualifications yeah. of an elder. <laughs> yeah, right. And those lines get blurred, so it's very important for the health of the church and for the good of the congregants that we make the distinction between the elder pastors and the deacons because the roles are very, very different, both equally important and vital to the local church, but different, right? And like you already mentioned, you see the vast majority of the qualifications that are there are very similar. Mm -hmm. And like we talked about last week, they're all character, yeah. Right. Except for the teaching. Mm-hmm. Right. Is is you don't have a, an individual in the office of deacon that has one of their core responsibilities teaching or preaching within the local church. Yeah. Right. It doesn't mean that they can't do that. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that the elders won't call upon that person and be like, hey, you know, you are gifted in this. Right. Like, like help us out in the in these ways. Right. Yeah. But it's not their responsibility. Yeah. You see the office of deacon as such a vital, vital role in the local church to help serve the congregation with the everyday physical needs that pop up, right? And there's like so many things that fall under that heading, right? Sure, yeah. So I would say how this looks like in our local church, um, you have kind of deacon over missions. Uh, We have kind of deacon over... Uh, kind of Sunday services, I would say, in a way in which he's kind of looking over the mechanics, more of the audio mm. visual stuff of what's going on in the church. 
Um, you have other deacons that are doing more practical kind of hands-on, hey, how can we help this person out if they get into a jam financially? How do we set up meal trains and stuff like that for people who are having babies and and all that other stuff? And so, yeah, um, yeah, it's uh, very much, I think there's six or seven deacons in my local church, um, and we have two elder pastors right now. And so that's a pretty good, chunk of deacons for you to figure stuff out and to task stuff with them and to get stuff done. And so that's always been a huge help, I think, to my pastors uh, as we do certain things. And then on top of it, too, uh, when we come together to do a sermon series, you have people who could probably be deacons, uh, but they're not, but they're talented and they use their gifts in ways of putting together resources for the church Mm. Uh, in order that uh, just the church would grow and develop in their love for Scripture and understanding of Scripture as well, too. Yeah. So there's vast different ways in which that kind of looks. Um, But, man, when it comes to deacons, I would say deacons feel like this, too. We do a lot of the—we do a lot of—deacons do a lot of work, and sometimes it's like being a soldier. You kind of get this, like— thank you for your service kind of thing going on. <laughs> but really, you Which as a deacon- we all know Jack hates, <laughs> loathes. I'm getting better at it. Uh, Josh knows I'm getting better at it. Yeah, it's uh, true. It's I'm true. not getting so salty about it. Um, but, but honestly, a lot of the deacons are like, that's just what I do. You're operating out sure. of your gifts at that point. Yeah. And so- That's how God has equipped me. So that's uh, that's also, I would say, a characteristic of deacons too, is that they don't look at it as a way in which- they're being extraordinarily blessed or a blessing to the church. They're just working out their gifts in order to organize, in order to help people and bless people, and in order to help the pastors as well, too, basically mm-hmm. take certain functions off of the pastor's plate in order that the pastors can shepherd and lead and preach and teach and do other things as well, too. So, I think one of the ways that the office of deacon is done a disservice Mm -hmm. in a lot of churches today. And I think it's worth talking about is a lot of people view the office of deacon, the role of deacon as a stepping stone to the office of pastor elder. Yeah. Right. That's something that I've heard a lot uh, growing up. Uh, is in 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 a, in a lot of different church circles is they view that role as like well okay so you become a church member right and then you serve in that context for a little while right and then if we see that you're faithful in there it's kind of this faithful and little faithful and much mentality which is a biblical thing but it's applied incorrectly in this context yeah so they take the okay you've been a member for a while you've been serving okay so we're gonna we're gonna bring you up to the office of deacon and see how you do right and then you serve in the role of deacon for a while a little bit more responsibility right and then they're like okay you know now that you've been a deacon for, for a little bit let's bring you up in uh into the elder position because you've kind of graduated right and and they view and it, the office and role of deacon is this kind of it's this like pseudo stepping stone, pseudo graduation, like, you know, halfway house for elders. And, and it's treated almost as a pool to which to draw your leadership from. And here's the thing. Not to say that that can't happen and that hasn't yeah. happened. Right. Sure. Right. It's not to say that you can't find qualified men that are deacons that mm-hmm. you're like, hey, you know, this person is actually very 
well-equipped to be an elder. It's not to say that can't happen. It happens yeah. all the time, I'm sure, right? But we should not, we cannot fall into the trap of viewing the role of deacon within the local church as simply a stepping stone to climb into eldership from. Yeah. Right? They are two distinct roles. Yeah. Right? With distinct qualifications, with distinct giftings that benefit the church in distinct ways. And both of them have equal value within the local church. Right? Yeah. So... Whenever I kind of hear that language, I, I kind of cringe oh, yeah. uh, inwardly because I'm like, ah, that that does a disservice. Well, yeah. Because, too, because it, sorry, no, 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 go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I think it, it, it goes against what we've been talking about as well, too, as the church being a business. Like, mm, this is yeah. not, yeah. this it's, is they're not. They're like the assistant managers. They're the assistants is, to the original manager. <laughs> Sorry, I've been watching a lot of Office. <laughs> this is not the growth track for you know the local church exactly, as a business dude. model. Um, it just is not how this operates. And and sometimes, and I've been in a lot of situations where I'm like, I can be absolutely content of just being a deacon, and that's it, because mm. I know that in that role I can really exercise certain giftings that I have to the local church. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's sometimes I just view it as that of like, that's it, really. I think that it's t- it's two very distinct offices to hold. Yeah. Um, and I've never thought of once I get to be a deacon, oh, now I'm in the minor leagues for I'm so to get close. farmed out. Yeah, for exactly. <laughs> it's like get the baseball the heck out of here. <laughs> well, dude, because what what that does, right, that has a couple consequences. One. Yeah. It does a disservice to your deacons because it's going to cause them to think and realize, wow, okay, so we're just kind of second tier. Like we're just pawns in this game. We're yeah. just kind of we're just kind of second tier. We're here doing the work and, you know, if if the elders like us enough, then, you know, maybe we'll get upgraded. Maybe, you know, we'll mm. we'll get that promotion, right? So, one, yeah. it, it 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 causes it creates this weird dynamic where they they aren't being one appreciated in the role that they have right and two encouraged in the role that they have and on another you know on another side it creates an i would say an unbiblical and dangerous expectation yes that if now i am in the office of deacon right i know that the that that i'm now in the pool to where, you know, the elders are keeping an eye on for, you know, who they're going to bring up to the next team. And it creates it creates an un, an unhealthy expectation, perhaps for the individual who's like, you know, I don't really feel like I'm called to lead the church as an elder, but I'm really good with my hands. Yep. Or I'm really good with administration or I'm I you know, I love, you know, caring for my brothers and sisters in this way. I really want to do that, and, and I want to do that in a more official capacity because I have the time, but I don't, I don't want, I don't feel called to that, right? You don't want that barrier there, yeah, right? We need elders to be elders, and we need deacons to be deacons, yes. and when we blur the lines, it creates bad expectations, it's unhealthy, it's just, it, it, it's not, it's not good for the church, right? Yeah. Um, so, I think we care for our deacons 
when we make the distinction and the and the and the 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 characterization of their role distinct because mm-hmm. scripture makes it distinct. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Uh, and it's it, it's strange what happens. The closer you stick to scripture, the healthier things are. Isn't that isn't that's bizarre? <laughs> shocking, <laughs> shocking idea, Josh. Shocking, <laughs> shocking. Yeah, right? and I think too, um, you know, with saying that, it it could cause some kind of Corinthian like uh, divisions going on as well too you start basically looking at the position of elder as the end-all, be-all of, of positions of offices in the church, and you look as, at the deacons as the these lowly kind of... And it happens in the army as well, too. There, mm. there can be officers that elevate themselves and say, we are the best, and they look on all the enlisted and NCOs, non-commissioned officers, as just like peons of people and stuff. Right. That kind of division does not need to be set in a church at all. Like that no. can go away. That can be rebuked in the name of Jesus. <laughs> it doesn't belong in the name there. of Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> um, because, like I said, it just it's going to breed this bad, competitive spirit and kind of one upping each other. Mm. Um, shocker! Josh and I have both been in churches where that has happened. Um, what? <laughs> and it's just not needed. That no, kind of not. posturing between those offices is just not needed. So no, no, no. They're meant to complement each other, right? And yeah. they're meant to they're meant to 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 benefit from each other. And when those roles are distinct, and when both roles and offices are functioning as they should, taking care of the things that they should. Right, working within the roles that each that each uh, office has within them, mm-hmm. the local church is blessed. Yeah, the congregants are blessed because you have biblically qualified elders that are caring for the souls, right? And you have biblically qualified deacons that are caring for the needs, and yeah. and it is such a it is a well oiled machine, right? That has such great benefit to the local church when it's done correctly, mm-hmm. right? When those lines aren't blurred and you have you have the whole person cared for, right? And you have the needs that all, that all the different types of needs that 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 are dealt with within the local church, whether it be emotional or spiritual or physical. Right. You have the avenue in which the local church can do what the local church does and be there for each other. And you see how that works. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you are in the office of deacon, if you aspire to the office of deacon, it is such a a worthy office to expire to 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 aspire to. Yeah. And your work as a deacon within your local church is invaluable. Yeah, it is. It is the backbone of that church like you guys are the ones keeping the engines running Mm -hmm. right and i want to make very very clear that the value of the work that the deacons put into the local church is no less than any other role within that local church it's different but is just as vital just as important so the local church needs both if it's going to function the way that it was designed to. Yeah. So you deacons, man, man, 
I've said it before, and I'll say it again, Jack. I love my deacons. <laughs> you, you guys are the real MVPs. <laughs> Somehow, the deacons are where some, it's at. In some weird world, deacon yeah. sounds like this weird old like bad tasting chocolate or candy or something. <laughs> like you, an old person's I love candy. My deacons. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't you know found why. my deacons? <laughs> I don't know why. I bro- it just sounds like that. Sometimes. That is the weirdest <laughs> out of left field comment that you have made ever in the history it happens of the podcast. Time. It happens uh, all the time. Well, old Deacon Captain Jack, why don't you get us out of here, my friend? Ladies and gentlemen, if you appreciate our vacillations on Mm -hmm. how the local church is blessed by different offices like elders and deacons, you can join us on the sociables, if you will, and join us in these other conversations and side conversations we have about this, Mm -hmm. going in-depth about how we make central the local church and the believer's life through the Facebook goes well with Marshmallow and Chocolate, the Instagram. Actually, that's the Instagram, excuse wow. me, goes well with marshmallow and chocolate. Captain the Facebook, Jack's getting old. The Facebook, <laughs> it's that Steve's, it's the end of Infinity War. I'm actually turning into old Steve Rogers <laughs> you're, now. You're turning into Spoiler Deacon alert. Jack. <laughs> um, you can go to the metaverse, the, the Facebook, it'll go down somehow in one way or the other. It's definitely losing stock and firing mm. people. Uh, or you can go over to Twitter. Uh, the Tweaker, the Little Blue Bird site, the Muskerville, if you will. And uh, follow us all on the sociable platforms at the tag at Reformatory Pod. Josh, mm. you can tell the lovely people how they might bless us in this endeavor to make the local church central to the believer's life. Absolutely. So, fun fact before I do that when I grew up in Eastern Washington, right? I grew up on a horse mm-hmm. ranch. We had a massive buckskin. He was like 17 hands. His name was Deacon. Oh, he, yeah. And he got work done. <laughs> All right. Just wanted to throw that. It was amazing. I'm not comparing. I'm not I'm not comparing deacons, but you deacons are the workhorses, man. This buckskin, dude, this guy was massive. Yep. Like, you looked at him. And you've seen the movie uh, 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 Snowy River, something, something. Doggone it. I, for, man from Snowy River. I dude, think so, he, yes. he has a buckskin in that. Dude, he looked like that. We named him Deacon. That, I love that horse, dude. He was a workhorse anyway sorry that's neither here nor there it just it reminded me of it reminded me of it <laughs> i'm feeling nostalgic okay deal with it uh you can support this podcast in many ways okay one you have heard at the top of the hour we have people leaving five-star reviews telling us what they appreciate the appreciate about the podcast telling us how the podcast encourages them to care for their local church, to be praying for their pastors, praying for their deacons, praying for their members. We love that. If you are a listener, new or old, longtime listener, first-time reviewer, leave us a little like, leave us a review, leave us a five-star review. Uh, We would appreciate it. We would really appreciate it. And if you do so, our promise to you is that your name shall be hallowed. Hallowed, sir. Hallowed. Hallowed through the halls of this podcast as you heard like I said, at the top of the hour. We're going to have exclusive content. It's coming. Mm-hmm. Jack and I yeah. are working it out right now. We're working out the tiers. We're going to be probably doing it through Patreon. We're going to be giving our patrons who choose to patron us at maybe one or two different levels. Y'all going to get different stuff. Y'all going to get some cool stuff. Y'all going to get extra eps. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. So we're working on that right now. So keep an eye out for that. We're going to be having the exclusive content of the Reformatory. You're going to have more Reformatory coming out very, very soon. A uh, little sneak peek of the name. 
All right. I'm just going to kind of put this out here. All right. Because, you know, we're all about the local church, right? And we know what those local church loves, especially us Baptists, Jack. What oh, do we like? We like some potlucks. We like some potlucks. And what is it that we call this thing that we're doing here, Jack? Not the potluck, but the podluck, if you will. We do a podcast. Yes. So we threw them together. Yes. I think we might call it the podluck. Yes. <laughs> because it's so stupid. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's so, so dumb. It's and I love it. It's so corny. So if work. you want to, uh, if you're interested, you're going to have a chance coming up here soon to be a exclusive member of the podluck. Are you coming to the podluck? We hope that you are. Mm-hmm. We thank you guys for listening. We will catch you on the next step of the Reformatory.